Hey, and welcome to the Marketing Automation Podcast by Active Demand, your weekly dip into the world of marketing automation, where you get tips for your agency, SaaS product, or B2B company. I'm your host, Adriel, and why don't we get it started? My guest today is Mike. Mike is the director of TopDraw, and TopDraw is one of Edmonton's largest digital marketing agencies. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, thank you for having me. And just to give people some background, how did you get your start in marketing automation? Um, well, actually, I got started marketing automation around the same time I got started in digital marketing altogether. So kind of at my current job, um, I was actually mentored by someone you might know, namely you. Secrets out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, it just kind of, it's one of those things that just goes kind of hand in hand with the industry because it's all digital, programmatic, um, automated all these things that you can leverage to basically take your marketing to the next level. So what's the critical function that TopDraw gets out of active demand and marketing automation in general? Um, we definitely leverage it mostly for the sophistication in tracking leads and sales all the way through the funnel, so to speak. So from any campaign or reach level efforts of marketing, uh, if you're doing it right, you can hopefully track that all the way through the cycle or the funnel to know exactly what activities led to what results. And then you can make much more informed decisions and optimizations to make that campaign go better, harder, faster for cheaper. Yeah, you know, Sean and I were just uh, on a recent podcast here talking about how attribution really helps you see where your leads are coming from and what marketing is working. Because there's so much marketing out there that looks really good. You think it logically should be working. But when you get right down to it and analyze it, you find out that it isn't working nearly as well as you thought it should. And it isn't driving leads the way you thought it was going to. I think that getting that additional clarity on how your marketing is influencing users is just so critical. With the tools that are out there today that are mostly anonymous, it's just really hard to make that connection and know what's working. Yeah, exactly. It's actually a real frustration for me and a lot of people because um, you never know what you're going to get with a campaign. You could do all the right things and just doesn't pan out. Or you can do all the wrong things or even just in your testing, find results that you really didn't expect. It's definitely one of those things where you can't win all the time, but at least if you're tracking it, you can learn from it and the next one's going to be even better. Yeah, exactly. I think most of the time when you're doing campaigns, you're aiming for a specific goal and there are some obvious campaigns or strategies you're going to employ. But every once in a while, you run out of obvious things that you know are going to work and you have to try experimental campaigns or strategies. And the the faster you can figure out whether they're working or not working, uh, the faster you can either go all in, uh, cut bait, <laughs> yeah, or maybe make some drastic changes if you think it's still got some legs. Yep, that word pivot comes into play. And you just basically, if you realize uh, it's not going, just pivot, try something different. Yeah, I think clients appreciate that too. I think they know that marketing isn't a guaranteed surefire thing. That sometimes experimentation is going to be required. You know, sometimes the experiments might come from competitors and, and what they're doing and just testing the waters to see if it's working. I mean, if your client sees a competitor going to a particular marketing channel or strategy often, it it might bear testing out and seeing if it works. You don't want that fear of missing uh, missing out digging at you or your client. So 
I think some experimentation with some really good measurement on top is a real easy way to check if a, a competitor is really smart and they're using a particular marketing channel or if they're like most companies and they're just not paying attention and not even measuring whether it's working or not. Yeah, and it's it's nice to be able to actually show the proof, uh, you know, if you're ever having to deal with a client who, you know, got a really strong direction that they want to take and, you know, everything you know or maybe even you don't know, but you're going to find out real soon is telling you that it's maybe not the best direction. The best thing you can do is just try it, show them, be open, transparent, and help them understand what these results mean and how they're going to help you with the next one. Yeah, exactly. When you deploy with new clients, what do you usually need to consider with marketing automation? You definitely want to take uh, into consideration goals at first. It's kind of the head of every strategy uh, and marketing automation is no different. It's really, uh, it's a strategy for a specific kind of uh, application. So you really start with kind of, you know, your audience and your goals to tell you what you're going to need. And then typically, I don't have it off the top of my head, but we run through kind of a list of questions, almost like a pre-launch checklist that we convert internally into a brief to uh, bring the entire team up to speed really quickly. That just kind of addresses, you know, who needs to understand what's happening and what what is that messaging going to look like? What kind of assets are we going to need or can we leverage? You know, what's what are all the cool fancy tricks that they want to leverage? Because depending on the platform you're using, which, you know, active demand being the one that we leverage, there's quite a few tools in your toolbox. Not all of them are always applicable, but it's nice to know you can use them or even experiment with them. You know, what kind of uh, website, like what kind of access to the website you're going to be able to use, things like that. Yeah, so it sounds like you guys use a checklist with the client to help inform what you can do, what's possible, what the client might be thinking about in terms of attribution and automation. And it sounds like you guys put all that into a brief so that the whole team is abreast of where the client's at and, and kind of what they're thinking about. Yeah, exactly. It's um, the, the educational component is a big part of it. And and luckily, our checklist, it's not just a series of questions. It's, it's kind of some canned responses and ready to go kind of messages that are going to quickly bring the client up to speed and make them understand, you know, what these things mean, what they can expect, what they what they shouldn't expect, more importantly, and what all of the fun kind of tricks and tools that we'll be able to leverage for them if it's going to match their goals. Yeah, I think a bit of uh, client education goes a long way in these cases. You need to show them what's possible and what's not, uh, you know, because I think a lot of clients out there, um, they market based on what they've read or what they've seen competitors doing. Uh, they might know about Google ads or Facebook ads, but in terms of how to trigger or automate or send emails or show particular messaging to some users on a website, but not others, that stuff's all kind of a mystery on on how it's done, right? Uh, a quick question for you. At what point do you educate your clients on marketing automation? Uh, do you guys do it at the sales cycle? Do you do it at the kickoff meeting? Or do you kind of pace it out so you don't overwhelm the client? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. So we, we definitely tease it in the sales stages. Um, not too hard because we don't want to really set expectations that are going to be impossible to meet because... Um, it's really easy to kind of fantasize the kind of options and activities and all the cool stuff you're going to be able to do with them. So we'll tease it in the sales stage, and then we will mostly handle the all the the details and and do the brief and the questionnaire and in the uh, kickoff stage. So after they've signed, after we're kind of all the administration is done, when we're ready to really get going and, and understand what kind of work we're going to kick off with. 
automation because it's you know closely related to tracking and uh, initial configuration and setup that's very important for a new client especially in digital marketing that's kind of when that will come into play because if you're not tracking right out the gate then you're you're missing out on really crucial data that's going to help your your next kind of project schedule be that much better. And of course, you also want to make sure that your initial project schedule is going to have something to show for it after it's done. So you guys are setting up tracking with active demand right off the hop. And I'd imagine that's to capture the impact that your digital marketing is causing for the client over those first few months, kind of getting the attribution in. Yes. Uh, if, if you guys fix some major issue or you take action on a big insight that you have, you want to make sure that you're measuring the impact of it so that after your first two or three months, you can come back to the client and say, hey, check this out. Look at all these great leads we've got for you. That's a a clear signal that your agency is doing the right things and you can say, yes, we did that. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Yeah, I think the rest of marketing automation when it comes to targeted emails, drip campaigns, dynamic content, these are more strategic in nature. And it's probably better to, like, like you mentioned there, prescribe that kind of thing once you've got the brief and the client goals and you know where the client's at, and you better understand uh, where that fits into the overall strategy that you need to take. Yes, exactly. And that was a uh, that thing you mentioned about like what not to do is also really important because again, just because you have the means doesn't mean you should take advantage of them. There's a lot of temptation sometimes to throw every kind of trick into the mix, but then you really make it hard to figure out what worked and what didn't, and you definitely want to avoid that. So. It's all, it all comes down to really sound strategy. And in my uh, experience, the best strategy comes from whoever has the best data and information. Yeah, you're mentioning isolating variables so you can figure out what's working. I mean, if you throw the kitchen sink at every problem, you'll never be able to isolate those marketing techniques and understand how much influence they have over helping drive more prospects for your clients. Yes, yeah. And, you know, just doing that in a more scientific way lets you see what's working and not working for that client. Yeah, exactly. It's very much a scientific kind of uh, industry, even though it's nothing to do with science. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think we're we're adding science to marketing as we're going along, right? Maybe marketing's closer to... What's that baseball movie with Brad Pitt in it? Moneyball? Yeah, Moneyball, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of marketing's closer to Moneyball. And we're just starting to apply scientific method to and math and statistics to some aspects of marketing. And we're starting to see some really great gains from it. And I think that the marketers who are starting to act like Moneyball marketers are going to have a huge advantage over the marketers who aren't playing Moneyball with their marketing and aren't being scientific about it. Yeah, exactly. So, Mike, what are some of your tips and tricks on using marketing automation? And what do you really like to do for your clients? The first thing I kind of already mentioned is you definitely want to make sure there's a certain level of education. And I would say that's extremely important on both sides. So if you don't really understand what you're doing or the platform and what kind of impact it's going to have, you should really study it and make sure that you can defend it in front of a client. Because uh, if you can't kind of understand it or defend it or justify it to them, there's probably a reason. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, this comes up often in marketing. It, c- it comes up even when you're presenting designs to a client. You put a design in front of a client, and what if they don't like the colors of the layout? Exactly. Uh, you know, if, if you put a new account manager in front of them, 
they may not be able to defend that design and collaborate as well as the professionally trained designer would be able to. So I think that sometimes putting the expert in the room sometimes gets you that magic that helps with design or with marketing automation. Yes. Because sometimes the client comes up with some really cool ideas that come from their experience uh, where they know what their customers need and how to identify them. And it's up to you as the marketing automation expert to uh, understand that you're, you're seeing a fantastic opportunity in what the client is suggesting. And you also have an opportunity to explain why you've built things in the way that you have. And I think having the expert there is, is really going to help that. Yes, and definitely in doing that, you give them a chance to feel heard and to have that uh, feeling that they're, you know, involved and in control because you never want to kind of push them into something. It's all about relationship management at the end of the day. The best clients are the ones that you can have those wins and those losses with, not just have those wins with. So. Yeah. And I mean, we're the experts in the room, so we probably have a good idea of what the client needs to do. But sometimes clients' ideas are kind of neat or off the wall or something we never would have thought of. I mean, once you've armed them with that education around what marketing automation can do, sometimes they can collaborate to make connections between targeting and campaigns that make a lot of sense. And I think if you can get that kind of information from a client and distill it and bake it into a drip campaign or a workflow in your uh, marketing automation platform, that's really going to help bring in some more leads and uh, and help the client. Uh, probably another thing I could think of is um, you want to test and verify and track like your own efforts uh, throughout the process because there's a lot of moving pieces and things can get away on you pretty quickly. And you know if you ever are in the situation where you kind of have to eat crow in front of a client, it's much better to show your thought process and defend that that will help you know, kind of resurrect or, or repair any damage that, that mistakes might make because every, again, no matter how much you plan or prepare or have experience in something, things can just go wrong. It can just break, especially when dealing with, you know, IT, which digital marketing is so heavily IT involved. That's one of those things where you just, the, the, the more rigorous you are throughout, the better. Yeah, those have been some uh, great tips. Now that we're getting close to the end here, uh, tell us about your company. We've uh, recently launched two new kind of brands under the Top Draw name. One is Truve, and they are a automotive-focused and dealership-focused digital marketing division. And the other brand is called Haste Post Haste, and they're our creative and more traditional marketing division. Together, we're able to offer a lot more services and provide you know much better results for our clients. And lastly, I just want to mention that Top Draw is turning 25 this year, which is a, a insane milestone, especially for a digital agency. And you know, if you want to check that out, we're going to be doing a, a pretty amazing campaign, leveraging a lot of 90s kind of concepts and themes because that's when we were born, is 1993. Very cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening this week. If you think someone else at your company should listen to this podcast, send them the link activedemand.com forward slash podcast. We've also got lots of great articles on our blog that go into really specific in-depth topics to help you out. If you have a suggestion for a topic you'd like covered, shoot us an email at support at activedemand.com or send us a tweet. Thanks again for listening and have a killer day making your business better through automation.